calling all video game toy and comic vendors. Saturday, May 30th at the Superkick Columbus Indoor Soccer Arena in Lewis Center, Ohio comes the 2020 Torg Gaming Expo. The Torg Gaming Expo will offer a wide variety of comics, toys, video games, as well as door prizes, art, arcades, special guests, panels, and video game tournaments. The Expo will be hosting the Classic Tetris World Championship Midwest Qualifier during this event. Finalists will win a trip to Oregon for the finals and a cash grand prize. For vendors who would like to attend the Expo, don't miss the Early Bird Special, where you get an 8-foot table for $40 until February 1st. Want to be involved with the Expo but don't want a table? Become a sponsor. Multiple spots are available and will be advertised to attendees, but act fast because spots are limited. The 2020 Torg Gaming Expo, presented by the Candair Podcast. For more details or to sign up as a vendor or sponsor, go to torgevents.com. You're listening to the Candair Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And boy, have we got a special freaking show for you today. I am so excited. We welcome a voice actor who not only voices a a villain, a bad guy, but I'd say in the in the world of video games, the villain, the bad guy. We welcome voice actor Kenny James, who has who brings to life Bowser. From Mario Brothers. Kenny, thank you so much for being here with us. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> We're going to have to get yeah. some more of those out of you later. Goosebumps. <laughs> how's, it, how's it going? Oh, we're, we're elated to have you here. Yes, we're sir. thrilled. Uh, and especially thrilled you're sitting uh, through the whole episode with us. It's going to be a blast. We're very excited. Yeah, it's going to get... I'll just keep opening the door to this. I have the little tiny booth, so... Okay. I have to keep, I have to keep opening the door to let air in. <laughs> don't want you passing out. Yeah. Don't suffocate yourself on our account, please. Yeah, it's, it's just... A, I just have a, a really small whisper room, and, and it, it gets hot inside really quick, because... I don't. I don't do the ventilation system part. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be sure to uh, make good of our time. Yes. We won't. We won't leave you baking in there. <laughs> It'll be a podcast that killed Bowser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> First, in our retro roundtable, we're going to be just talking about our favorite or least favorite bad guys from across pop culture, movies, uh, television, video games. I'm excited to do this. Uh, We did it a long time ago, but I think our picks are going to be a little bit different now, and I'm really excited to hear some of uh, Kenny's picks. Then after that, we're going to turn our full attention over to Kenny and just talk about his uh, career in voice acting and uh, as Bowser. But before we do that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Cand underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to throw a few bucks our way, head over to patreon.com forward slash Pod. And for those few bucks, you can get access to our Candare Patreon Pod, a show we release once a month. And uh, we got some big changes coming to the Patreon, yes, too. Albums coming, yada, yada. I've been harping on it. Not going to harp on it today. <laughs> we got Bowser in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so let's put that behind us and just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Here we go! <laughs> I'll be back. 
<laughs> All right, gentlemen, our favorite villains from across pop culture. Jack, do you want to kick us off? I'll start us with a bias one, I think, from the game Borderlands, or at least Borderlands 2. I think he was in 3, but he's in the most recent version of Borderlands, the new one that just came out. Mm-hmm. He goes by the name of Handsome Jack. <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> he is a is he handsome? Name. Uh, he's got this weird kind of mask on, so I don't know if you ever really see what he looks like. But he is a mother effer, handsome Jack, kicking the episode off strong. Yep. I like this. I like this. What? So what makes him a favorite? He's an asshole. He's the biggest asshole. Like the whole time in the game, you're you're trying to find him to kill him. And he's over the radio, just making shit hard for you. And he's Taunting you? Big time, yeah. He's just the biggest dick in the world, but you love him for it. <laughs> you sound like it, like it really personally affected you. Like you it does. You're well, getting a little red in the face. Honestly, yeah, because the one... Uh, see, what I played Borderlands 2, and the character I was had a pet bird that you could throw out, and he would attack and everything, your mm-hmm. ultimate move. Well, in the third one playing it, I was a different character, and we ran into the character that I played from the second one. Handsome Jack had ended up getting that bird, doing some kind of weird testing on him, made him giant and evil, and when we were killing him, or fighting to get this thing off of his head, the bird's head blew off. I was so pissed because I fell in love with that bird, because he was my buddy the whole time. <laughs> and yeah, I, ever since then, I really hated Handsome, Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack! Yeah, I was so pissed. Yeah, I, I don't like trains because of the one that killed my uh, horse in Red Dead 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's a whole different... To a train, so, I think, in that. Yeah, well, I, it's not a villain, but it is in my mind because that was... <laughs> That was Horsey Face, and, and I loved Horsey Face, and, and uh, Horsey Face got hit by the train. It wasn't good. <laughs> so, so I haven't played Red Dead uh, 2 yet. Do you actually raise your horse, like keep your horse for a while, or are they? Well, I mean, you you don't raise it, but, you know, you, you have it. But it gets more loyal. Yeah, they do. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, do, you do put a little time in it, you know, so that you get up to, like, the level 5, you know, horse whisperer guy or whatever, you know. Right, right. So but anyway, it hurts. Yeah, you can buy other horses and stuff. Or horsey face. Yeah, horsey face. I did. <laughs> then I had. Then I had spotty horse. So was... <laughs> spotty horse. No. Spotty horse. Yeah, spotty horse. That's a whole sad story. I'm not going into that. <laughs> too soon. Um, I haven't played. Yeah, I haven't played that much Borderlands, but I know who you're talking about. I've played Borderlands too, and a friend of mine is actually in Borderlands. He's one of the baddies but i forget who because i haven't played it that much because it's not handsome jack no (laughs) no no he's some big brutish dude i forget what he he probably has remember names there's so many people in in that game there's so much content in there that you really just get lost in running around killing people yeah yeah it's pretty good that's what i hear everyone goes on and on about it but same with fallout i've never tried that either it's different yeah no it's more it's more like well, well, I guess kind of GTA. It's just more of a time suck. I see. <laughs> I see. I don't need that right now. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> All right, Kenny. How about you? A uh, favorite bad guy? I. Uh, this is going to seem really obvious, but uh, Joker from The Dark Knight. Oh my Ooh, God! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that portrayal is absolutely the best to me. They, I mean, not only just really good acting by Heath Ledger, but uh, the way they wrote the character 
I mean, he's just absolutely ruthless, but in a very calm way most of the time. And it freak it freaks me out. First time I saw the movie, I was like, "What just happened?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and then I I just immediately watched it again right after that. I was like, "Wow." Yeah, it definitely resonates. And I'm what, awestruck every time I get done when I watch that movie. At the end, I'm like, God, oh, damn, geez. that was good. And what I love <laughs> is that they never fill in the blank with that character. Like, no, not, no, not, yeah, not really. You don't really ever find out. He keeps telling people stories about how he got the scars and all that yeah. stuff, but you don't know which one's true or if any of them are, and they probably none of them. Yeah. It just makes him um, that much more horrifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, he, he actually is. He's, he's kind of terrifying. What did you think of uh, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Joker? You know, I haven't seen that. Oh, man. You need to see I that. know. I know. Now it's winning awards all over the place. Yeah. Uh, 11 Academy Award nominations for that Holy movie. Holy wow. yeah. Really? Endgame mm-hmm. got nothing. More nominations than any other movie this year, so. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. It deserves it. It deserves it. It was so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I think I think it's something that I'll like a lot, but I don't go to the movies. My my wife likes to go to the movies. She'll go to the movies at 8.45 in the morning. You see, that's and how be I the, am. Be the, <laughs> she'll be the only one there, you know? That's the time yeah. to go. I just I don't like movie theaters. I don't know what it is. I just can't hardly blame you. I I can tell you what it is. One, sticky floors. Two, the mm. smell in the place. <laughs> Three, the assholes sitting around you. Well, she goes behind you. She goes to this theater where you can you know order a pizza and stuff while you're sitting there. You just push a little button and they bring you more popcorn and stuff. Yeah. It's but uh, I, I don't know. I'm just not real keen on the screen. To me, the screen's actually too big. So yeah. this is why I have a 75 inch TV. I didn't, I didn't get a, I didn't get a giant TV so I can go. Hey, look at this! I got a big TV. <laughs> it's I it's because it. It, it. I do too. Yeah. You know? It's really great for games too. So yeah. That'd be so cool. I, I, I saw uh, on social media a long time ago where. Uh, somebody had hooked an Xbox up to like the display at like a baseball stadium. These guys were playing Halo. On oh yeah, on the screen. I was like, <laughs> how could you even? I don't think I could uh, keep it together it, to play on that biggest screen that far that, away. You know? Yeah, that would be pretty weird. This uh, this would be uh, I guess. fun though. It'd be fun though. I'd be oh, cool. I definitely try. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> from that far away from the screen, yeah, farther be. out into the distance, It'd be something. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. It? <laughs> uh, Screens not only didn't used to be that big, but the pixels were like as big around as a golf ball. Yeah, you know, and now it's like you can get high def video on these gigantic, you know, 100 foot wide screens. It's crazy. It is Fleetwood Mac. What was that? uh, 2013. That was a while ago. It was a while ago. But I was uh, taking pictures of the screen or the the stage. Pardon me. And the the backdrop was a screen, you know, of definition that uh, Kenny's talking about here, like the most unbelievable high def. And, you know, again, I was like not nosebleeds, but I was like in the middle ring there taking photos of these little tiny dots on screen. But when I was showing people these pictures, this screen in the background was so crystal clear. They're like, you were that close to them? How'd you get that close? And I'm like, no, no, it's not them. Look at the little tiny dots in front of them. That's, <laughs> That's them. the people. <laughs> but it's insane, the detail that uh, yeah, did. these screens can have. Yeah. I did the same thing at Iron Maiden. I was taking pictures of the screens because the stage was, you know, with my phone. I was just like, oh, let me just zoom in on the video screen over here on the side. I'm like, yeah, there we go. 
Yeah. You get some good pictures. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing the work for you. They're lining mm-hmm. it up. You just have to hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, Randy, what about you, sir? Yeah, who's next? Uh, that, okay, I guess I'll go. Uh, so, lot, used to watch a lot of cartoons, still do with the kids, but uh, reruns of He-Man and Skeletor. Oh, wow. Like, you <laughs> want to talk something that will trash talk his henchmen. Like, Skeletor is the king. Not only that. trash talking, but in that horrible, irritating yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> you royal boo. Gotta, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta be a name dropper again. Alan Oppenheimer is a friend of mine too. So, oh wow, he he was Skeletor. You know, yes. the first time I met him, I was all like, "Dude, Westworld." <laughs> and he just went, "Wasn't that a great movie?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't even think about you know Skeletor. I thought Westworld. You know, because I'm old. But yeah, that is really cool and yeah. a good pick at that. Yes. There was always teehees when I was a kid, and he called people boobs. Yeah. You boob. You, you boob. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start using that one more often. Let's well. coming. Well, hashtag bring back boob. Yeah, there, you go. <laughs> there you go. And there's going to start the movement. All right. Uh, my pick would be, uh, has anyone here played Conker's Bad Fur Day? Absolutely. Nope. No. Okay, this was on Nintendo 64, Mm -hmm. and it came after Mario 64. Same kind of a concept format, but um, geared toward adults. There there was cartoon nudity, language. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. But uh, one of the bad guys in this game was something like I've never seen before. (laughs) Talked about him on the show before. I think Randy already knows who Mm -hmm. I'm talking about. Was an opera singing piece of shit called the Great and Mighty Pooh, and when you battled him, you you had to throw toilet paper down his throat mm-hmm. to choke him. But you could only do this by getting him to sing the next bar of his opera that he was working on, and getting him to hit the high notes to open his mouth big, yeah. and then you throw toilet paper down his throat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's... have you ever heard of anything remotely close to that anywhere else? No. I mean, that's so rare. Put that out, and they were the same ones that did Banjo Kazooie. So it was very Banjo Kazooie style. Oh, oh cool. yeah. I know yeah. a little bit of Banjo Kazooie, but not much. Now you guys know me. I'm not one for a fart joke. They're I, they just kind of I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. Low brow kind of shit. But, yeah. but man, if that just didn't tickle me, it was so <laughs> funny to see an opera singing piece of crap with corn for teeth. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of oh. regretful I brought it up now. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We have another quick go around here. Jack, what you got? Hans Gruber. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Die Hard? Yeah. 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 He's pretty awesome. Then running second behind him would be his brother. I can't remember what his brother's name was, but from the. Brother Gruber. Yeah. Brother. <laughs> the stuttering. Lil one. Gruber. Why'd you pick uh, him? What makes him one of your favorites? Um, probably because it's Alan Rickman, mm-hmm. and he was—he was a good villain too. He was, yeah, trying to be tough, but he just kept getting old John McClane getting his goat every time. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman yeah. was good at being intimidating. He just had that look. I don't, well, especially as like that, Snape. That's that weird vocal tone that he had too. That too, yeah. Let's hear it, Jack. I don't know if I can do it right now. <laughs> that's kind of getting there. <laughs> that's really pretty good. <laughs> it was a two on the spot. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. and then uh, what was it? Robin Hood. Whether when he's talking about he wants to cut the heart out with a spoon more. Because it'll hurt more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, very you good. Twit. <laughs> All right, Kenny. How about you? Another uh, another bad guy. 
another bad guy. Uh, one one of those guys. Uh, um, keep going, and I'll Swing think of something back else. Because okay. I'm all. It's like there's two. There's a lot of them. Yeah, it's hard to narrow down. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. We'll go. We'll go past you and come back. Randy, what about you? So. Uh, for me, it's an actor, and it's an actor that anytime I ever see him in a villainous role, it always puts a smile on my face, and that's Tim Curry. Whether, oh, yeah. <laughs> whether he is Frankenfooter, or he's the uh, smog monster from Fern Gully, or just the, oh, the right. douchebag hotel guy in Home Alone 2. Like it's, <laughs> his, his, his smile can be endearing, but he if there's was, like something bad behind it, it's horrifying. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look how look how great it was with the giant plastic horns mounted on his head in Legend. Legend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was Tim Curry. Yeah, that's the only reason I watched that movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> they I had they had so much they had so much teeth in his mouth that they, you know it was he was almost unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and besides the big horns that in the slow motion shots you can see them moving. They shouldn't have done super slow mo with him running because you could see the horns wobbling. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> oh yeah. Next time, next time that's on, and you go, oh yeah, I'm gonna look for the horns because they're wobbling. They are. <laughs> the same kind of stuff happened in the newest Hellboy movie. Like there was a scene where he got thrown against a tree, and you see the whole tree wobbling. Like, mm-hmm. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you watch luck. really, you watch really closely in Shaun of the Dead. You know, and you can see the the the, the cricket bat that he's hitting zombies with. You can see it bowing. <laughs> oh, seriously! Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's a big, it's a rubber cricket bat. Yeah, so, I yeah. never noticed. <laughs> I look for shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're glad. I'm you always do. I'm always finding continuity problems in movies too. It drives my wife bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> just enjoy it, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, can't you just watch a movie? No, I can't. <laughs> I, I understand, man. I understand when I because when you see it, you can't unsee. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't unsee it. Yeah. yeah, it's there forever. And if you think you saw it, you have to sit there and think, "Did I just see that?" And then you can't <laughs> let it go after. What's up with Henry Cavill's jawline? Randy, you're up. Well, I was just going to finish saying that uh, I was watching Darkwing Duck uh, with my son uh, a few weeks ago, and I had completely forgot that Tim Curry had done uh, one of the, the voice uh, roles in that. So, Who was he in Darkwing? Uh, he was the bull, Boris Bullvine, I think was the name. The what? The bull, like the godfather bull. Like there was the bad like mobster bull dude. I have no, I don't know. I don't know okay, my bad. <laughs> I no idea. I'm sorry, I forgot Tim Curry was your was your yeah, pick there. Sorry. Okay, no, you're good. Um, okay, my last bad guy here. I guess he isn't even really considered a bad guy, but in the context of the show, I think was considered one of my favorites, Red Foreman from the '70s show. Oh, oh yeah. yes, like what an awesome freaking character he was yep. and you know talk about somebody who could be downright horrifying can you imagine having him as a father oh god i had friends <laughs> that had dads that always they were good guys but being their friend and the impressionable friend on their good sons i never felt like he liked me for some reason there was always a look and then anytime he came around i was always I'd straighten the hell up and stuff and <laughs> stop doing what I was doing just because you I were a disappointment to, to someone else's dad is yeah, what you're saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because I was the bad influence on his kids oh, oh and I, I see. knew I was a bad influence on him I so. see I see 
but I never got a foot up in your ass comment from him. You're the like bastard that. that always had firecrackers in his pocket. <laughs> 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 okay, very good. Very good. And that brings us back around to Kenny. Have you... Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking along the lines of... Uh, I, I, I kept going, well, no, he's not a villain, but he, he actually is, but... The show portrays him as more of the you, you wind up being sympathetic towards him, and that's yeah. Tony Soprano. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, which was also another really well written character, and you know an excellent portrayal. So, yeah, I, I I I like mob stuff to begin with, but that that show just sucked me in and just kept me. So, man, I like that that pick that uh, the way you did that, you know, because, you know, in the context of that show, he's your main character. He's he's the person you're rooting for. But, yeah, I guess he is a bad guy in that world. You Mm know, oh, yeah. Walter White, the same kind of uh, thing, I would think. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. 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 That's another good example. He's a good guy. That's a bad guy. Yeah. He's got good. He's a bad guy with good intentions. Yeah. Even though Tony Soprano, not so much on the really the good intentions, except, you know, taking care of the family, but because everybody else is kind of inconsequential. Right. right? And you put a bullet in your back of somebody's head and not even, you know, just be all like, oh, okay, time to go to lunch, you know. Have you heard that like, his, cool. Have you heard they're doing a sequel or a prequel se- uh, series to that with his son? Really? Yeah. A prequel to The Sopranos? Yeah, with with his son playing a younger version of Oh, Tony. that's that's right. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So Jane Gandolfini's real life son. You, yes. I see what you're saying. Yes. Sorry. Wow. Huh? Are they, That'd be the, interesting. Tony, the younger years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a name of a gang, and I can't remember from the show that he was in, but it's it's focused on that. Do they have a uh, like a similar resemblance? Do they look like each other? From pictures I've seen, they have. Really? That's interesting. Should huh. be, should yeah, be I haven't heard anything about that. That's cool. Me neither. Yeah, That's I know it was always cool to see Tony Soprano being happy when he'd see the ducks fall go into the <laughs> pool. Freaking those ducks! <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, that uh, that the, the just the opening of that show where he starts talking to Melfi, and the first thing he starts talking about is is a reenactment of him. And uh, what's his face? His nephew going, and he sees this guy that owes him money, and they go and hit him with the car and shit. And then <laughs> right. he just starts beating the crap out of him. I was, and this was done to some oldies song, you yeah. know. And I just sat there going, "No wonder people are all gaga about this show." And I wound up going right then and going and buying like the first season, you know, on DVDs. And and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, we just sat. And watch the whole first season with espressos and just not stop. Wow! It was yeah, it was fun. It was crazy. That's how you know you've got a good show. Yes. Yeah, Excuse I was drinking me. espresso, watching them, watching the the TV. It was good. It was really good. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Actually, it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't binge things much anymore. I did binge some anime recently, but. You know, I, I uh, wish I could, but I, I'm the same way. I really can't binge anything anymore. I mean, not I don't have the time, and if I did, I'd feel like I'd get antsy like three episodes in. Like, oh, That's I all I can up, you know? really do. Yeah, anything. But, yeah, well, you know, with at least with the anime, you know, if it, they're they're like twenty two to twenty four minutes and. Part of that's the intro music and the outro music. So, oh yeah, so that's you got like to... a twenty-minute episode, and you're just like, oh, done. Oh, cool. Next, 
<laughs> yeah. See, Netflix <laughs> makes it hard to binge, at least for me, just because, you know, their episodes are an hour long mm-hmm. and that's without commercials. That's a <laughs> man, you feel that hour by the end yeah. of it, no yeah. matter how into a show you are. Like Stranger Things. Love that show, but damn, 50 minutes. I'm like, come on, like wrap this shit <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> Very good, I, and I dig that pick again. That was a good, uh, good pick to end the retro roundtable on, and a uh, a good point to turn our attention over to Kenny. Kenny, thanks again for being here and sitting sure. in on the whole episode. Man, this is so far has been a blast. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be here and alive and uh, in my own house. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably the best part. <laughs> yeah, it's like whenever I don't have to go anywhere, I'm. We just moved, and I'm. I still I have to use GPS to go to you know to the grocery store i can't remember where it is oh wow yeah you just yeah. moved then yeah yeah we've been here for about three months i guess Moving and it sounds it sounds like plenty but and not if you don't go anywhere i don't have any reason to really go anywhere <laughs> you know i go to the airport i don't drive to the airport i just uber so you know it's like i don't go anywhere Makes sense. I would live in where I live for about ten years and still need a GPS around town because I don't know where stuff is all the time. Yeah, Yeah, I don't go. I leave town to go to work and then come back. That's about it. Grocery store down the road, that's easy. But like, certain places, I have no idea how to get there. I guess I'm the same way to some extent. Actually, now (laughs) I think about it, I still GPS stuff around here, and I've been here how long? Five, five years? Yeah, something Something like like that. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just, it's just easy now. You know, I mean, you you throw the thing on the, your phone mount, and it's already there. So it's like, well, if I don't, I don't have to learn, if I don't want to go, yeah, it, <laughs> why why should I worry about taking a wrong turn and then going, dang, now I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> they blame somebody you know. else still when it tells you the wrong damn GPS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I won't. I don't even use a standalone GPS, and I only use my phone. So. That's how I am now. The last time I used a TomTom, it turned me up a one-way street, and I was like, "That's it. You no more TomTom." That's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's why. Yeah. I mean, I had a Garmin for years, and if you don't update them, then roads change, and you didn't. It's your fault. <laughs> well, I learned too late. I learned looking at the headlights of oncoming traffic. So. <laughs> turned into a lake or something like that. But anyway, 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 <laughs> Kenny, it's awesome to have you here. And let's, I'd say, just start in how you got into uh, voice acting in the first place. Oh, man, I was working. I was used to work my ass off. I did extruded curb and and uh, striping and stuff. And oh, wow. I was a curb finisher. And uh, I, I decided that, you know, I've always wanted to piddle around with with voice work and so i thought well if i get now earlier days of the internet when most people were still on on dial-up cable was starting to kick in pretty good but so it was around 2000 2001 and i decided i was going to build myself a little website and i went i bought myself a a domain and i was like wow i own a domain (laughs) and i built this little website using a coffee cup or something I think it was coffee cup. And uh, I took a class over at the University of Washington experimental campus. And it was a voiceover class taught by this guy who had been doing commercials and stuff for a long time. And uh, took that class and he offered demo production. So I had him do a demo for me. So I had the, I had the tools in place, but, um, 
didn't know how to go about getting a hold of anybody, especially in those earlier days. Usually people had agents. I was just going to like, I, the internet is, you know, that's going to help me. And it didn't help that much. Right. So I have all these things in place. And then by this time I'm working for suburban propane and I was a service tech and I, uh, I was doing a job at, at a house with my service manager and I was talking to him about, I had been doing some things for this guy in Canada uh, for like answering machine things where he was like paying me like eight bucks, you know, to, to, to read a couple of lines as Scooby and Shaggy or whatever, you know, Sure. or he'd throw like, you know, can you do like uh, kind of like a New York wise guy kind of thing and stuff, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I can do something like that, you know, <laughs> and, and I know. And yeah, it would be stuff like, you know, Hey, Scoob, answer the phone, you know, and I'd be like, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, just just this goofy shit. I'm, I'm all thinking, all right, I'm a paid voice guy now. Yay. Yeah, well, well, I was why, well, why not think that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I was talking about it and this lady, the customer, she's she's like, do you do voice work? And I said, I'm trying to get into it. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. And she goes, well, I'm a part-time producer at Bad Animals in Seattle. And I was like, I know Bad Animals. I did not know at the time that Nintendo of America was recording out of Bad Animals. But um, I had known the studio because Ann and Nancy Wilson, I think, founded it from uh, heart. And so anyway, she goes, do you have a demo? And I, luckily I did because I was able to write down my little web address and give it to her. And she listened to it, and her son listened to it. I think he was 14 or something, 13 or 14. And they were both kind of like, hmm. So she sent my name over to the production manager at Bad Animals, and she started sending me auditions. I auditioned for Sly Cooper 3, uh, like four different characters. I didn't get any of those. So I thought, well, I'm doing something wrong. But what it is, it's just a numbers game. you got to do a lot of auditions to get a few parts. And then eventually, just down the road, you know, a little little while after that, she sent me the audition for Bowser, and I was like, well, the Bowser, right? You know, okay. <laughs> and at the time, I knew that they had started using human voices because I'm old enough that I was in my early to mid-20s when the original NES came out. My first wife got me that for Christmas. And uh, so I had always known just the the little electronic noises that they always had for everything except for Mario, right. you know. So I um, I was like, all right, I'll I'll do this. And they sent me reference tracks, and it was Scott Burns, uh, his work from uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Okay. So they sent me the scripts for that, and they sent me well, the the sides were from Super Mario Sunshine, and the. Uh, reference tracks were Scott's tracks, outtakes and all, just raw tracks. And I was like, okay, well, they, they want me to be a Scott Burns alike. So I did the whole, Mario, how dare you interrupt my family vacation? The whole thing, the, exactly like he did. And I sent it off and I was all like, whatever. And a couple, couple of weeks later, I don't remember how much later it was. It wasn't very long. I got an email that said, you got the job. And I was like, okay, now, now what am I going to do? I've pretended like I know what I'm doing, you know, up to this point. <laughs> I, you know, I had done a little bit of work for a guy in England 
that has a uh, does a bunch of um, audio Doctor Who stuff. Okay. And so I had played some characters on his Doctor Who series, his audio series, and a lot of it was over the top. It was very comedic, uh, kind of Doctor Who stuff. And so I was Patty the pissed off dwarf and some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what it was, Patty the pissed off dwarf was basically just a leprechaun, you know, stereotype, you know. I'm, you know, Patty, and, you know, I'm pissed off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Only he was really, he was really pissed off in that little side trip. It was fun. Yeah, so I, I went over, and the first time they called me in was for Super Mario Strikers on the GameCube uh, soccer game. And uh, so I, I recorded that one, and they, they, had, they had me come back in. It wasn't too long after that that the Wii came out, so we were already, they were already working on Mario Kart Wii and Galaxy. Awesome. And I think, if I remember correctly, I did... Mario Kart Wii and Galaxy in the same session. Oh wow, jeez. So yeah, that one was a that one was a bit of exercise for me. I would say but, so. But you know, Bowser for me has kind of evolved over time, where I started off being more along what I thought they wanted, which was the Scott Burns kind of sound, and you know it has it's morphed into this vocal fold flapping thing that I have going now where. I don't know how I do it. I just know that I do it, and it it, it works. But you know, going, <laughs> it, it just comes out. So, so you're telling me you didn't look to Dennis Hopper for any Bowser inspiration? <laughs> is what you're telling me? Mm, this, yes, this is true. That is true. I, I, I actually, I tell you the truth, I've never seen that movie. You're not missing much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know it's a cult classic now. You know, so sure. But um. Yeah, and then there's the animated film that's supposed to be in production, but I know nothing about that either. So if I if I if I did if I did know something about it, I wouldn't bring it up because I would be under an NDA. And and then that way, if you ask me, I could go, yeah, no, I can't talk about it. But (laughs) so if I bring it up first, it's because I really don't know anything about what's going on, you know, uh, I tell fans all the time, you get, you know, people at the table at conventions and stuff that are always asking me, what's it like to work at Nintendo? I, I don't work at Nintendo. <laughs> I don't work I don't work for Nintendo except for when I'm in a recording session. You know, I, voice actors are always looking for a job. You're always unemployed. So that's how that it all got started. Here I am 15 years later. So it's been 15 years this year, I think. So. That's really cool. I mean, too, and it sounds like, you know, Mario and Bowser, everybody was already on your map. You had owned a Nintendo at one point, so you, some, to some extent, had to know the gravity of the character you uh, had just... Oh, just yeah, played. yeah, but I really didn't I really didn't think... I was like, well, you get paid for uh, recording sessions, you know, you don't get, you don't get residuals. Right. And so I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm worked for Suburban Propane for 11 or 12 years after I got Bowser. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and there was, you know, I would tell people at home back up, well, in in Washington, where I just left, I would tell them, you know, yeah, I'd do the voice of Bowser, and they'd be like, no way. And that'd be about as far as it goes, because I'm wearing a suburban propane uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I did sign a couple of autographs. I was working on somebody's gas fireplace, 
and I was doing a repair on it. And, and I was like, oh, you got a Wii? Yeah, I do the voice of Bowser. And the lady's all comes on a hinge. My kids are going to freak out. So I signed, like, the inside of the case, you know, the jewel case. Nice. I was like, hey, here we go. So some of the people have the early autographs that look completely different than they do now. I perfected it. So. <laughs> Sitting down filling a notebook with Kenny James. Kenny James. Kenny James. It really didn't take that long. I was it's I just I was toying around with it and I had a really stupid version of it and my convention agent was all like that autograph is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was all like, All right. That's so, honesty now. So I worked, I did some, I did some tweaks and then it was all like, now I've got people that are like, you know, I had some of my prints come out in, uh, Zobie production in Zobie boxes. They do mystery boxes and there was a gamer mystery box and my autograph was included in some of them. It could, you could, might've gotten Charles Martinet, you might've gotten me, or you might've been one of the lucky few that got one that had both of us that signed something and, oh, uh, you know, or both of us signed the same piece. I love and, uh, like yeah. And so it was really cool. So I, I was watching, you know, waiting for it to come out and then I would look on, I would go searching on YouTube to see about unboxing reviews, you know, mm. and people would hold my autograph up and, and go, look at that. Didn't he have a beautiful autograph? Look at it. It's beautiful. <laughs> And I'd be all like, God damn, man, my agent was right. <laughs> <laughs> I fixed it, and everybody's all like, look how, look how good looking this autograph is. And I'm like, man, all right. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it does, it does stand out. It does definitely stand out, a like good autograph. You know what I mean? Like I've got a bunch yeah. of the wall here, and I don't know. Yeah, there's a few that just don't land. <laughs> just don't get home, you know? Yeah. Yeah, some some people they you know they, it's what it's just the way they sign their name and it always has been and I actually you know I my regular signature is different than my autograph so, as it should be I think yeah as it should be yeah autograph well, I mean, you know be barely legible but mm-hmm. like I think that's a K and that's the J <laughs> oh We're no good. that one you can actually you can actually read my autograph you can tell what it says. So, oh wow! Now, yeah, I appreciate that. I I can appreciate that. Yeah, and I, and it and it's very consistent. It looks pretty much identical, no matter what size it is, or you know whether I write it with paint pen or pencil or whatever. They look the same. That's pretty good. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why they moved the old the, the walls at the Great. old house were just covered in Kenny James autographs. <laughs> yeah, perfecting the craft. Now I'll tell you why why I moved. I moved for anime. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, I actually uh, have that written here that you're a big fan and uh, getting into doing more VO in the anime field, right? Yeah, moved to the Dallas area, so Funimation is here. I had friends already from conventions, you know, that I had made friends with these anime actors, and I kept telling them, you know, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move to Flower Mound, and you guys are gonna have to put up with me. And they're like, Yeah, you should do it. And you know, a couple of months later, I've sold my house and I'm moving, you know. <laughs> and then I show up. I see them. I've, I've actually already been in at Funimation for a couple of recording sessions. And whenever I go in there, I'll see one of these guys. I'll be all like, I'm here. <laughs> you know? And they're just all like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Didn't I go, I told you I was going to move, you know. <laughs> So are but, you allowed uh, to talk about what you've been working on at Funimation, or are you under? Um, no, well, uh, one show, uh, 
two of the episode, two of the dubs uh, have already come out. So uh, I'm in Legend of the Galactic Heroes. It's just a, it's a small part. Uh, the last couple of episodes that he showed up in, and his name is Marinesque. He's a uh, first officer on a merchant vessel. Hopefully, if it goes on to season three, if they keep dubbing, then uh, I should uh, he should show up some more. I think he has ten or so appearances or something throughout the series. Oh, uh, cool. And then I just started. I just did a, a really small character for um, another series. The episodes haven't come out yet, so I don't know if they'd want me to say anything about it or not. But it's already um, it's a it's a newer series. It's on episode I'd say about nine or ten of the first of the first season. And then I just auditioned for a, a winter season show that's that hasn't actually uh, there are no dubs out yet on it. So I'm I'm definitely I mean they didn't they didn't put me on an NDA, but I'm just not going to say anything so I don't step on anybody's toes. No, you're sure. fine. Especially having just moved there, right? right. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's working out. Um, I got put on the auditions list over at Ocratron Five Thousand, which is Chris Sabat's studio. Okay. And uh, so they do a lot of work for uh, Gearbox and High Res, and there's the other gaming outfits that do some recording through there. So I see auditions all the time, and that's what this booth is for. So I don't have to go somewhere and pay somebody to record me to an audition i just step step into this room and record it myself i'm pretty good at editing and junk so yeah absolutely. audition send it away and forget about it so many vo's work from home anymore yeah yeah well yeah i mean look how look how the technician or the technician the, t- the technology has um uh, has made it inexpensive and and pretty easy yeah so very easy yeah, I mean, I don't have, I sure as hell don't have a bazillion dollars worth of gear. I mean, since I don't, I, have, I haven't had a call to do very much remote work where, say, on either using Skype or um, Source, Source Connect or anything like that. But so, you know, I keep a an AT2025 mic and, you know, I have a, a Rode. Is it? Yeah, I forget. I you know I have a Rode NTG one shotgun that I trade out with it depending on what I'm doing, and um, and I I record through an Apollo Twin from uh, Universal Audio, which is a brilliant piece of gear. It's absolutely fanatically cool. That's a good that's a good shout out to Universal Audio. <laughs> <laughs> wink wink. Yeah, that's send me awesome. a new one. Mine's getting old, but it still works great. <laughs> <laughs> Send me a new one, please. I'll keep singing your praises. Yeah, it's fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm finally, this is what I tell friends, well, friends of mine back home, you know, I would tell them, they're like, I had no idea. I started going to conventions and they were like, what is going on? Because I do a lot, I was doing a lot of live theater. And so all my theater friends are all like, what, who, you're what? No way. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that, but it was, uh, it's been a, it's been a bizarre ride. Oh, I would tell them, I would like, oh, you didn't know about my 20 year overnight success story. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, because I mean, a lot of people have said that before, you know, where it's like, oh, everybody thinks it's overnight success because I just appeared. And it's like, no, man, I've been I've been suffering for fifteen to twenty years. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, even as Bowser, I was I've been Bowser for 15 years, and and I'm just now to the point where I don't necessarily have to have an outside job, thanks mostly to appearances and and other voice work. But you know, the notoriety of being Nintendo's voice of Bowser, you know. And so now, you know, with I have so much fun doing anime. It it really is fun. It doesn't seem like that much of a job, but yeah, if you love it, what you do, it's, it ceases to be work, right? Yeah, I, I really didn't have very much ADR experience, almost zero, you know. But I let them know that going in. I was like, dude, I don't have very much ADR experience. Which, for anybody who's listening, if they don't know, it's automated dialogue replacement. Wow, I just got distracted by my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I look wow. down. I look. I look down, and she's all like, "Can I come in there?" And I'm all like, "What?" <laughs> So now she's yeah now she's walking around by my feet. All right. Anywho, there you go. So ADR, <laughs> you know, automated dialogue replacement. So you know you you it's it's a it's a tricky kind of little dance you got to do. You got to act. You got to be able to read your script, which is on one monitor, mm -hmm. and watch the video, which is on another monitor. But the beauty thing about it is that you get to do stuff that already has sound effects. It already has background music oh, wow. it's got sometimes has the other actors um sometimes not sometimes you're the only one and nobody else has done anything yet you know you're talking to nobody and then there's uh, you you get an opportunity to they'll they'll run a preview of the scene that you're going to record with the japanese and so you go okay preview and you watch it and you get an idea in your head you, especially having a musical ability helps a lot uh, because you'll get the timing down in your head sure. and and then they'll go back and you get a you, they'll start rolling it from the pre-roll you'll get a beep 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 and on four which is imaginary that's where you start talking hmm. so you're you're balancing all this stuff timing the beeps trying to keep the timing of the speech in your head you know watching trying to watch flaps you know it's what's what's the character doing is the character moving is he flailing around is he sitting down did he stand up while he's talking you know i mean so it's it's a lot of fun it's a little tedious but it's it's a lot of fun yeah. you have to learn a crazy amount of coordination it sounds like yeah, yeah but it's kind of like it's just yeah mentally coordinated stuff right because you're multitasking in your own head instead of using your hands <laughs> That's incredible. I always wondered how it it really worked for doing anime versus mm -hmm. regular. There's um there's uh, a couple of really good videos. Um, one of them uh, they're on YouTube. Uh, making of I think it's worded something along those lines. Making of Attack on Titan or behind the scenes of Attack on Titan, something like that. It's almost an hour long, and so there's some ADR uh, bits and pieces in there, and then there's another one from. Uh, One Piece, which is another show mm -hmm. with uh, Brina Palencia, and she it's about 20 minutes and they were recording an episode of One Piece. And so there's a lot of ADR going on in that to where you go, wow, that's how that works. That's how they do an anime dub. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> wow, that's how that's how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> how much fun, though? How mm -hmm. freaking fun that would be. I'm yeah. so jealous. I mean, I would love to. I would love to get a you know regular cartoon, and you know, you you record the voice yourself, you know, without any reference, and then they they animate around it. You know, that would right. also be fun. 
I've, I've told people a bazillion times, if I've told them once, you know, when they go, oh, I always wanted to be a voice actor. How do I do that? I've heard the question a million times. And I'm like, I kind of agree with it and was saying it in a different way. But I'm in agreement with Eric Vale, who's another anime guy. He says, if you want to be a voice actor, first be an actor. Yeah. And I, I preach... Uh, live theater. That's I think even even if you want to do on camera work, I will tell people you need to go to your community theater and start auditioning for stuff and do live theater because you will learn things about acting that even if you want to cross over to on camera, it's obviously it's a different animal, but acting is acting. And it, it, the same stuff applies right on into voice acting. Sure. It's, it's still acting. You might be standing in a little room by yourself looking through the glass at a couple of people, but you still have to act. Otherwise, it doesn't sound genuine. It doesn't sound acted. It sounds like you're reading. You know? It sounds like you even have your uh, work cut out for you more so than an on-screen actor. You know, you've got so much more to portray using only your voice without you know, hand gestures and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh it can be really it can be really really challenging. Uh I'm terrible at self-direction. I admit that. I've done auditions and things from home where I'll listen back to it and go it's awful. <laughs> right. You know, what do I need to do to fix it? And the more I try to fix it, the worse it sounds to me and I wind up using <laughs> the first or, you know, use the first or second take because those were the best ones and you know, you send it off. Directing yourself can be a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah, I can imagine. It'd be difficult. So difficult. Yeah. I, a few questions I <clears throat> forgot to ask you, I guess, pertaining to voiceover in general, but especially with Bowser, you know, as you're with Bowser, you're in that real deep register. That, you know, you talked about doing two game sessions back to back. I'd imagine that has to take a toll on one's throat. What do you do yeah. uh, to counter that? You know, what I do, especially on something like him, is, well, you know you're going to have a session coming up. And I mean, I drink a lot of water already, but I will drink extra water for a day or two before I have to do it. So that I'm just saturated. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just hydrate as much as you possibly can. And then during, a, during even, uh, sometimes even two-hour sessions, I'll drink four to six bottles of water wow wow uh yeah you just (laughs) just keep drinking it down and then when i'm done with it i can feel it obviously and it's for me it's just vocal rest and and more water and my voice has always bounced back you know i've i've worried about it a couple times but anytime somebody who uses their voice for stuff i used to do a lot of singing uh, I was in bands and uh, a yeah. lot of lot of musical theater, and I've had laryngitis more than once. And you always think that's it, I'm done. It's never going to work right again because that's the way it feels when you have it. You try to talk, and it doesn't work. And then when it starts to get better, and you go, okay, I, I sound okay when I'm talking. And as soon as I try to sing, it would sound like hell. And I'd be all like, it's never going to work again. <laughs> but then it always scary. It always winds up working again. So, That's, But you've never noticed like any like uh, 
change in your voice at all, like over the years of having done uh, this particular character or anything? No, no. I think I think if anything, it's just age. I mean, I used to. I've I've had auditions for theater where they're running running me through scales, and uh, I get up to a high C. Oh wow! Not sustained for very long, <laughs> but. You know, I can get up to a high C, and nowadays would be a little more difficult because I ain't no spring chicken, <laughs> but I can still sing. And I have this, you know, you go back to beating my voice up with Bowser. I mean, I've had the session for 3D World. I could taste blood. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, not like real strong. It's just kind of a weird kind of uh, coppery kind of copper oxide kind of flavor sure. mm. <laughs> the raw taste but yeah but i i think that i don't think it was my vocal cords though i think it was just my it's my throat because i'm i'm using my throat in a way that's not normal right it's pretty freaking legit though it's like it's like when kiss put their blood in the comic books they did in the 70s you know you can yeah. hear bowser and be like man someone bled to make that yeah, yeah. it was it was meowser that that was the big that was the big killer for me the in 3D world was the cap Bowser, right? Yeah, oh, man, I don't know that I ever heard him. So <laughs> just just a uh, just a cat mixed with the with the. How did you do that? Well, they you know they they said it it was in the script. It said Meowser in quotation marks, and I was like, that's funny. What is it? And they told me about the power up and said you know he's going to have kitty ears and tail and <laughs> all this stuff. And uh, <clears throat> I said, what do you want him to sound like? And they said, we don't know. <laughs> and I and I was like, okay. And so immediately I thought, well, Bowser's too big to go. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so I decided, let me grab some water. I decided to, um, you know, that it needed to be more like a wildcat, like kind of a kind of a sound, you know. Yeah. Bigger, a bigger cat. But couldn't just be couldn't just sound like a cat he has to sound like bowser that's cat so you have to roll the bowser growl on top of that so it was so it just sounds like it hurts yeah it does (laughs) and i you know i still i think i do that better now than i did then but you know probably (laughs) because i've practiced that a lot more now going to conventions people always want to hear it right yeah So going back a little bit, you know, we were talking, uh, I had said something to you about, you know, your voice, your job as a voice actor being maybe even a little more difficult because, you know, you have so much more to portray with just your voice. But I imagine that goes tenfold for Bowser where, you know, you're not even getting a lot of dialogue. You have all this emotion and things to portray just through your growls uh, and your grunts. Do you have, uh, do you ever find yourself having trouble finding uh, the the right noise to portray a certain emotion? No, not so much. I mean, you know, he, he's got a sound to him, obviously. Sure. And the directors are really good uh, at getting what they want out of you. So, I see. Uh, like I said, I, I mentioned it before, there is actually a script. You know, people are all like, why does why would Bowser have a script? And Well, they have to organize it, you know, and then so that you don't repeat things and all that stuff. But uh, those guys are really good though because they may not – I mean every once in a while they'll have something that I can do to a not fully rendered bit of game video 
and sometimes they have that some some most of the time not but mostly they know what's going on 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 things that need some emotional input they'll be all like okay he you just this just happened and now he's he's kind of beaten and dejected and you know give us sad bowser <laughs> you know <laughs> so you know I, so you know i have to just try to give them what they want you know and if right. if if they don't think it sounds right they'll be like okay do it again but better you know <laughs> right now a little bit ago you had uh you had read some dialogue in uh, your scott burns voice but you also said you know now in your in your 15th year you feel like you've really perfected bowser is there any way that we could hear what uh dialogue from your now 15 year perfected bowser might sound like only thing, yeah, no, I can't. The big end doesn't doesn't want me doing anything outside the character. Really? Hmm. So I don't. The only thing I've ever I've said four words in English in fifteen years. So I see. It makes just sense. Mar- Mario, Peach, Nintendo, and Showtime. Everything else is in Bowserese. So. It makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. It makes sense because if if they yeah. are going to do it, they want you to hear it there first. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. And it's funny because Bowser really isn't the only one when you play those games. That uh, like I'm right now, I'm playing Luigi's Mansion three. And notice when that game kicked off, you know, it shows Mario and the whole crew arriving, and you don't even get a lot of dialogue from them anymore. Mm-hmm. Just reactionary noises. Right. And I don't know. Maybe that's just so you can inject your own personality there. I don't know why they do that, but. Uh, I like it. I, yeah. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Well, and I mean, you know, and, and you think about it, it's pretty much uh, for the, the, everybody except Mario. And even sometimes Mario doesn't really say that much. But uh, I speak Bowserese, you know, Peach, she's kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's not really saying much either, you know, uh, and that's why they have speech bubbles. You know, I'll I'll have a a paragraph in a speech bubble, and you know, I have to go. Oh, okay. Well, was, how long do you want me to do this? You know, and I speak Bowserese, so just make it up as I go. I, by man, the last question I was going to have for you here was advice, but you really have already given some stellar advice for anybody wanting to become a voice actor. Just get into acting. Um, it sounds like. Yeah, um, yeah. I really, I really think that if you can, if you have the the stomach for you know getting in front of people, um, and truth of the matter is, if you're going to act doing any kind of acting, even voice acting, you're going to have to do stuff in front of people. Sure. You may be in a booth, but through the glass is at least a director and an engineer, sometimes a producer, a director, an engineer. Sometimes it could be a producer, a director, an engineer, and the customer, the end client. Mm-hmm. You never know. Uh, I mean, I've had, when I did the session for Odyssey, they had the Japanese from Tokyo Oh wow! on Skype or whatever platform, and they were watching me record and listening wow. in. So you never know. Once we, yeah, once I found that out, I started playing with them. You know, I would, I would, and then I would look down at the thing and go like, huh, huh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, and they had fun and they thanked me. You know, they were like, you know, that was great. we through a translator and and uh, awesome. the um, the thing is, is that if you're going to act, unless you're just going to act in your own living room, just to the cat or something, well, even then you've got somebody watching you. Right. Yeah. You know, what's what's the point of acting if you're not? So yeah, theater is is big. But if you want, if somebody wants uh, 
to start up their own little home studio and try to get out there and maybe even do pay to plays or whatever, then uh, go to YouTube. It's a huge source of information. Um, there, there was a guy who taught me a lot without even meaning to. I did do some coaching with him, but uh, on straight work, you know, uh, not character work. He's not really into character work, but uh, his name is Bill DeWeese. And he has huge amount of material on on uh, YouTube, and he uh, teaches too. So, and he's no slouch, that's for sure. I think I know who that. I've seen that name before. He's out. Of, he's, show. Yeah. he's out. Of, he's out of the Chicago area, and and uh, you know he does what I call straight work. You know he does medical narration, and he does. You know, Honda commercials for the local dealerships and stuff or whatever. He's the voice of PBS in New Mexico, I think. Oh, wow. You know, he's got all these gigs. He makes he makes a bunch of money and he's he's at home every day. Living yeah, life. that's awesome. It. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it, there's there's lots of work to be done. You know, it's just a matter of whether you've you've got what what somebody wants to hear. Just because you do an audition and you send it and you never hear nothing back from it doesn't mean you sucked. Right. It just simply means they didn't hear what they wanted in your audition. They, you may have thought that you know you read the specs for it and you go, okay, they want uh, middle-aged, conversational, and there's always too many adjectives. But, <laughs> but they'll, you know, you go, okay, I'm going to do this, and you do a couple of takes, and you go, all right, that sounds all right, and you send it off, and they listen to it and they go, oh no, that's not what we want at all even though that's pretty much what they asked for. They won't know what they want until they hear it. Right. Sure. So never hurts, you know. They, it's, a, it's like I said, it's a numbers game. Right. A hundred, a hundred auditions might get you one job, maybe. Yeah. Game of persistence and patience. That's it. Yeah. 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 Man. You Good know, advice. And, and get, getting demos put together, it's real important. Because if you, wanna, if you even want to talk to an agency, the first thing they're going to ask you is, do you have demos? So you got to practice a little. You got to get some chops built, and then go to somebody to produce a demo and do your research on that. Because there's too many goofballs out there that just want your money and they don't they don't really produce much of a decent product. So sure. you just have to look for somebody that's got a reputation. Good advice and advice. I think I might be taking myself <laughs> these days because I still would like to get into uh, trying VO myself. Mm-hmm. We've got all the equipment here. Why the hell yeah, not? You might, know? As well. might as well, right? <laughs> Try it. Yeah, I mean, I I recorded four audio books in a walk-in closet. It can be done. You know, walk-in closet's really great, especially if there's clothes in it, like there should be, because it's exactly. a closet. <laughs> Absorb that sound. Yeah, exactly. It does. You know, it it sounded great. It was quiet enough for ACX, and they have fairly strict standards on their on their audio. So, yeah. They would awesome. they would kick they would kick stuff back because there were a, lo- a couple of loud clicks or something that set off some algorithm that was listening to it and be all like nope you got problems in this fix it I don't particularly care for doing audiobooks anyway it was it's too long. <laughs> it yes. takes too long <laughs> I, I feel like the problem with an audiobook would be like by the time I got to the end of recording it I would have a totally different tone than I did at the beginning you know? <laughs> really? I'd sound very optimistic and very chipper at the beginning and toward the end just like bored and the end yeah. let me out <laughs> yeah well you know depending on what kind of material it is it, it brings acting back into play I did a I did a really I, I, I won't say I won't be critical about it, but I did a book about food trucks 
and I, I, if I had been able, if I had read the book, if I had read it first, I wouldn't have done it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard to it was so hard to record because of the way it was written, and I, I, I think it was a language barrier kind of thing. Oh, and I got through that. And I was like, oh, good Lord, I never want to ever do this again. But there's no characters involved in that. It was just a straight read. I had to, you know, you got to try to sound friendly and and genuinely interested in the food truck industry. <laughs> and yeah, that's acting. But I've done I've done books where there are a, a buttload of characters and you have to have difference. You have to differentiate those characters. You don't necessarily have to sound like a 10-year-old girl if there's a 10-year-old girl, but you need to have enough separation to so that the listening audience knows that it's a different character, you know, and then if you if you're consistent, they they can recognize the sound of the character's voice before it even goes, you know, you know, Gladys said, you know. Right. It it was kind of fun, but it, you got to do you got to act for all the characters. <laughs> yeah. And then remember it all too. Mm-hmm. Be consistent well, and with it all. there's a, here's and there's another little tip. You know, uh, if if you think you have a problem, either record yourself some references so that you can just access them really quick. You just stick them in a folder, mm. and then you listen back. You go, oh, this guy came back around. It's been three chapters since I did that guy's voice. What did he sound like? And instead of having to go back and try to find it in the part of the book that you already recorded. You just have a reference track of that guy. You just click the folder and you go, here it is. And you listen to it and you go, oh, yeah, the guy sounded like this. Uh, okay, I got it. And you go back and you take, you continue on, you know. That's a good idea. Brilliant. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's why he's Reference. the pro. Yep. <laughs> That's why he's bouncing. <laughs> oh, man, Kenny, this has been a freaking blast. And I would advise our uh, guests who are listening, if you want to find out more about Kenny, go to KennyJamesVoice.com and uh, on Twitter at Kenny James Voice, as well as Instagram at Kenny James Bowser. Kenny, is there anywhere else uh, people should be directed to check you out? Uh, no, I mean, I, I've been trying to be more active on Instagram. I mean, I have a Facebook, but I don't really mostly Facebook posts for me are when I click the little thing on Instagram that says to also post it to Facebook. <laughs> same here, exactly. Same. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got a friend of mine here in town that uh, his daughter said that uh, Facebook's for old people. And I was I've like, heard oh, that. What? I've heard that. Yeah. I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> the kids do the Instagrams now. She's like 13 or something. So she's like, Facebook's for old people. <laughs> oh, wow, man. So fast. I know. It happens. And I still think of it as like, Oh, these young kids in their Facebook, kind of thing, you know, <laughs> Hey, I'm telling you, man, they've got the Facebooks and the Instawebs. Instawebs. I've heard of the Instawebs. I know about about all that Instawebs. People be posting uh, all kinds of things about stuff. Man, wow, you you can take on 20 to 30 years effortlessly there. That sounded amazing. Sometimes I feel like that. (laughs) Not so much today. (laughs) <laughs> so much for taking time to talk with us today, man. This has been a blast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. 
Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, buy some merch, become a patron, see some YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And once again, don't forget to find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air and patreon.com forward slash cannedairpod is where you can go to throw uh, $5 a month our way and get access to our Candair Patreon pod. Uh, it's the only place you can get it, people. Yep. And lots of cool new albums coming out on that front, too. Uh, gentlemen, am I forgetting anything? What if Krampus was the Ah, guys? yes. I keep forgetting <laughs> our other show, What If. How do I forget that? I don't know. How, how do I remember it? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, me, Jack, and uh, Ryan Little, our uh, other host out in California, do a show called What If, where... Uh, I would like to say every other week, but it's been hard to coordinate Still, recording, yeah. so it's like every three to <laughs> four weeks now. But uh, we put out an episode where we talk about 40 minutes on uh, just a twist on reality. What if people could fly? What if a Bigfoot had been found? What if the Earth actually were flat? <laughs> and we talked for about 40 minutes on the ramifications on the Earth. If uh, this actually had happened, mm-hmm. it's a fun show. I enjoy it. Different vibe than uh, this one here. Yes, I think, for sure. Saw, saw that on the interwebs too about the flat earthers. <laughs> I'd be afraid to see what you read about it too. <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. I am Kenny James. Thanks for listening, everyone. Oh, no! Don't run! It'll only make things worse! What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! He's just the, if you'd like to be a guest. I don't know. I'm flat-footed here. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.